Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. All right, thank you for being friendly. Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Good to have my good fellow ministering brother, Brother Akoya, with us this morning. God bless you, Brother Akoya. Glad you're here. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Luke chapter 22 And Peter is still not converted. But the thing he's got going for him is the Lord says, but I've prayed for you. But I've prayed for you. I am going to go somewhere I've never gone before with you today. And you may question me all week long. But I'm going to preach to you a message called, I am the answer to God's prayers. Now that sounds braggadocious. And the first thing some of you guys are thinking is, you heard of a guy say one time, I am God's gift to women. And you discarded that right away. And, and maybe you've compared that to this, Okay. But by the time I'm finished, I hope that you will understand that you really are the answer to God's prayers. Amen. Jesus, I pray today, open up our eyes and our ears, our hearts and our minds. Help us to understand your perfect will for each of our lives and how important we are to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Sister Kylie, can I get you to go to John chapter 17, please? And I'm going to point out just a couple of verses of scripture. These are from your bread. If you're reading your Bible every day, you read a portion of Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs. But yesterday, John chapter 17 confirmed what I've been preparing for a long time. John 17 and 9, Jesus said... 17.9, I pray for them, I pray not for the world. I pray for them, I pray not for the world. Are we Christians? He said he didn't even pray for the world. That blows your theology, doesn't it? Verse 15, he said, I pray not. I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from evil. 
verse 20, he said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Tells you about how he prays. He prays for us, but he doesn't pray for the world. Wow, that'd be a load off your mind, wouldn't it? You don't have to pray for the economy. You don't have to pray for the concerns you have about terrorism. You don't care, have to pray about the environment. You don't pray for the world. Wouldn't that be a load off of your mind? You don't pray about who's going to be the next president? I told you this was going to blow your theology. I think we spend too much time praying about the things that we can't change and we shouldn't try to change instead of praying for the things that we should be praying for as Jesus exampled us. He said, I pray for you, but I don't pray for the world. I'm going to say it again. I, I don't pray that you'll, be that you'll be taken out of this world so that you can be delivered from evil. I pray for you that God will keep you. And I don't only pray for this body. I pray for all those that will hear your word, the words that I've placed in your heart. John 21 do you know that God has needs? God has prayer requests? You never thought of it this way. Watch this, John 21 and 15. When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He, do you hear what he's saying in his question? I know you love other things. I understand that. And if we, if we were honest with each other today, we could quote more than love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. We know that we love more things than that. Do you love your wife? Do you love your family? Do you love your friends? You know, we could go on and on and on, but Jesus gets real specific here and says, do you love me more than anything else? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, well, then if you do, here's what I want you to do. Feed my lambs. What's that? A prayer request. Said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. Really? Here's my prayer request. Feed my sheep. He said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. See, love demands a response. You ever get in an argument with your wife? 
and you realize that it's out of control and you say, now honey, I want you to first of all to know that I love you. And she says, well, you're doing a pretty poor job of demonstrating it. Right? And so we have to back up and change our actions. And I know this is hard for some men to understand or even to agree with, but this is my belief. I believe that when there's an argument, I need to be the first one to bring peace. I need to be the first one to humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Even if I was 100% right. Is that true, honey? Have I done that? See, she waved her hand and said yes. Hey, if I'm the leader, if I'm the head of the wife, then it starts with me. God doesn't go to her. He's gonna get me fixed first. Boy, I thought I could get a couple amens from some women anyway. He's gonna get me on board first. I need to be the first one to say I'm sorry. God needs to be loved. That's what he was trying to get across to Peter. I need it. Take a look at John 4, You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. That's a small s referring to your human spirit. And in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. He needs it. He lives for it. And God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what God does while you're sleeping? He paints a sunrise. He waits for your eyes to open. He's hoping that you will get up and first communicate with him. Good morning, Jesus. He loves to hear that. Good morning, Jesus. What are we going to do today? Good morning, Jesus. I'm going to read a portion of your word here. Speak to me through your word today. Good morning, Jesus. Can we just spend a few minutes talking before we get the day really started today? Even on a day like this, you can still go for a walk. If it's too cold or too wet for you, you can find a place to pray. He's been waiting all night long for you to wake up so that you could talk with him and he with you. You never thought of it that way. But he loves you and he desires that. He looks forward to it. He needs to be loved and he needs to be appreciated. Let me give you a a, a very earthly example to understand how this works, in my opinion. If you've ever been a parent, this is what you want from your child. Obedience. Trust. 
appreciation. You don't expect them to kick in on the mortgage, buy groceries. You, you feel that that's the responsibility of the parents, you'll take care of that. But what you do want is you want obedience, trust, and appreciation. If we can understand that, and this is why I think God set this whole thing up the way he did, then we can understand the spiritual. He's our heavenly father. That's one of the things God is to us. What does he want from us? Obedience, trust, appreciation. That's what he wants. He wants to be loved. And here's what we do. But why? And every parent has said this at one time or another. Because I said so. I'm the parent here. When you get to be a parent, you can make your decisions. But right now you're a child and you live in this house and so you do it my way. You know how God speaks to us? My thoughts... (laughs) are above your thoughts. My ways are above your ways. I know the end from the beginning. I've got a good reason for everything I do and I don't need to be questioned on everything that you question me about. You just need to obey me, trust me, and appreciate me. That's all you need to do. Just. Be a child, for except you become his children, you won't even be able to enter the kingdom of God. But we, we as adults, sometimes we think we know a little better, don't we? And we, we really have a hard time not getting our way. And this... I was on my walk this morning, and I'm going to tell you, it's just, I can't get away from this thought. And if you can only get this one thought today, it's really, really going to help you. One thought. I am the answer to God's prayers. I am the answer to God's prayers. Watch this. Jesus, this is what I want you to do. And he doesn't do it. Now, Jesus, I talked to you about this yesterday. I'm back to date. Maybe you were busy. Maybe you didn't hear me. But here I am again. You didn't take care of this yesterday, so here I am. And he doesn't do it. Jesus, we talked about this last week. We've talked about this last month. We've talked about this for months. And you are not getting the message. If we could hear, I think God would be saying to us, I heard you the first time. I'm not deaf. But you're not hearing me. Uh Uh-oh. Because you can't hear no. You can only hear yes. And if you don't hear yes, you think that you're going to wear me down. You think if you come back every day, every day, every day, I'm going to change my mind. But again, I know what's best for you. 
Do you know that David, the king that God loved the most, said words I will never forget. He offered a prayer request to God. And he said, God, don't ever let me become rich lest I forget you. And don't ever let me become poor lest I steal. Do you know the worst thing that could happen to your life is for you to win the lottery? And I don't know how you do it without gambling. It would be the worst thing that could happen to you. And God knows it. Oh, no, no, Brother Kylie. If I won the lottery, man, I'd pay this church off. I'd give to world missions. I could do so much good with all of that money. My question to you is, what are you doing with the money you already have? You haven't proved you can handle what you got. Why would God give you more? Let me throw this in. I hope I'm still loved after this morning. I am so thankful to this church. And I say this with all sincerity. I am so thankful for the people that have been so faithful in their tithing and so generous in their giving. Isn't it great to be in this auditorium this morning, warm and dry and comfortable, and the presence of the Lord is here? But if we weren't faithful in our tithing, if we weren't generous in our giving, we wouldn't have this. I don't want to stand outside on a day like this. Say, oh, we could meet in homes. Really? How do you get all these people in one home? How does the body assemble without this facility? Thank you. Thank you so much. For ans- Listen, you have answered God's prayer. I- well, we're a little short this week, Brother Kylie. You know, I, I don't know, God, if I, can, if I can do this tithing thing. It's a test. And what is your answer? I will. I will continue. I will, what were the three things? Obey, trust, and appreciate. You're gonna be challenged on this. I'm telling you, the tests are coming. They're coming. But if we're faithful, God will be able, God's not a liar and he, he doesn't blow smoke. He's not going to say, well done, you good and faithful servant, if you haven't done well and if you haven't been faithful. He's not blind, he's not deaf, his arm's not short. He's aware, he's got prayer requests, he's got needs, he needs to be loved, and who's going to stand up and do those things? I am, because I am the answer to God's prayers. I am. But God, God can say no. Now, I've stepped out this far, I'm out this far on the limb, I might as well give you a chance to saw it off. I only represent myself. 
I do not represent this church, okay? I only represent myself. But I'm going to be totally honest with you. God, we have a family in our church that has been so faithful. They're great, great people. This, this Franklin family we got. The parents, the children, serving God, loving you. Now God, she's got this terrible disease. And we've been praying, and we've been fasting, and we've been telling you, Lord, all along, this is... This is what you need to do. You need to show your power and you, you need to heal her and raise her up. You need to give this family a miracle. Where's your answer, God? Are you hearing me, God? I'm gonna get up again tomorrow, God. And I wanna pray for Marge Franklin and for John Franklin and for the children. God, this is a good family. They're worthy of this miracle. We're praying. We're fasting. We'll be at prayer meeting. Where's the answer, God? Hey, now it just struck a little closer to home here recently. We, we finally found out about our sister the other day, Linda Stepanovich. They finally think that they've got it figured out. Yeah, we think it's cancer. It's attacking her liver. It has shut down her kidneys. She is on dialysis. Her belly is bloated. There's only 500 people in the entire United States. This is how rare this disease is, and she's one of the worst cases. Now God... And she's at Freighter Hospital. You can go see her if you stay only like 15 minutes. Now God, this is my sister. And you ain't making her well. And we've been praying for some time. Where is your answer? Pick it up, it might be him calling with the answer. Well, we said, where's the answer? The phone's ringing. <laughs> Come on now, you're all thinking it. Where's the miracle? God can say no. Why, God? I don't know. I got to be honest with you. If you're looking for some super spiritual answer here, I have to tell you, I don't know. Sorry. God hasn't revealed it to me. He doesn't have to. Job went through a lot worse than this. And he said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
I brought nothing into this world. I'm taking nothing out. The Lord gave, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But God, you said, come, let us reason together. Can I reason with you one more time? This is why you should do it. It will bring you glory. Everybody will know. The doctors are baffled. They've admitted they can't do it. What a divine opportunity. But God can say no. God, I've got a friend, his name's Mike Schmaltz, 10 years younger than me, more successful than me, a better man of God than I am. Why didn't you take, why did you give me a miracle and let me live and you took him when he was 10 years younger than I am? I don't know. I just trust God. I want to tell you another story. Man's name, Jim Huntley. Started a church in Huron, South Dakota. Most of you never ever heard of him. But he went in there and he dug out a work in a rural area. He was a good businessman too. Started a really nice big restaurant. Matter of fact, the restaurant in Huron today that is called Perkins, Jim Huntley, and a minister his assistant pastor went into business together. They had that restaurant. They owned that restaurant together. But Jim Huntley's assistant pastor, his assistant pastor became his Judas. The man went all over town and charged things, never intending to pay for them, took a bunch of money and ran off and left Jim holding the bag. Brother Marty did a good job of teaching today. Here's an example that goes with your Abraham teaching today. You know what Jim Huntley did? He didn't make excuses. He just worked harder. He went to all of his creditors and said, hey, I'm sorry that this happened. I'm not gonna give you details, but I owe you, and I will be paying you monthly till this is paid off. I'm not declaring bankruptcy. I'm gonna make it right. And he worked hard. And he paid off all of his creditors and got his reputation back in that small town. Then the next thing that happened to Jim Huntley was one Sunday he was getting ready to preach and his wife came into the office. She said, Jim, I don't love you anymore. I'm in love with another man and I'm demanding you divorce me. And if you don't divorce me, I'm going to kill myself. And so Jim lost his wife. Then later on, he got married and he married a showalter. Things were going along pretty good for a few years and all of a sudden, Jim Huntley got cancer. That's when I first met Jim Huntley. I remember sitting in a Perkins in Oshkosh while he was telling me this story, just one minister to another, crying my eyes out. Here this guy sits with cancer racked in his body, still serving God. Not complaining about his assistant pastor, not complaining about his wife, 
not complaining about the fact that he has cancer. And before he dies, he does everything he can to complete the building of a house for his wife, and then he dies. Some people get miracles, and some people don't. Jim Huntley didn't get a miracle, but you know what? People are still talking about Jim Huntley. He never wavered in his faith. He never blamed other people. He never cursed God for his disease. He was faithful to the end. He was an answer to God's prayers. I'm gonna make an example out of you, Jim. Lord, find somebody else, will you? (laughs) I know you're thinking that. I'm thinking it. Read about the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Read about all the miracles that the Lord did and all the healings and raising of the dead and deliverances from lion's dens and all kinds of things. But then come to the last part of the chapter and it will say to you, and others died. Why? Why don't you just take all of the believers and and heal them all? Why don't you just bless only the believers and give them abundance? Everybody will then come to you for your loaves and your fishes and for your healings and your miracles. I'll tell you why. He wants to see if we'll be faithful if we don't get our way. If we don't get what we asked for. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's necessary. You know what? I am the answer to God's prayers. See, God, in my case, if you compare Mike Schmaltz, if Mike Schmaltz was able to be here and I stood next to him and Mike Schmaltz was allowed to speak, do you know what he'd say? Because I know what he'd say. Because he said it to me. He said, Rick, God uses some people to teach us how to die and other people to teach us how to live. And he never wavered. Well, how should we pray? How should we pray for the Linda Stepanoviches and the, and the Marge Franklins and, and other people that just don't seem to get their healings? Should we quit praying for them? No, we shouldn't quit praying for them. We should intercede for them. But here's the punchline. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Because wherever God didn't give a miracle, he gave grace. He always gives grace. I want the miracle. Sorry, you get the grace. He will give the grace. And people that are on the outside looking in will say, wow, those Christians, whether they live or they die, they're the Lord's. 
Whether they're sick or they're well, they're the Lord's. Whether they have a lot or they have a little, they're the Lord's. I am the answer to God's prayers. I am. Let's just lift our hands and worship just for a moment, okay? Be an answer to God's prayers. Just love him a little bit for a moment. Would you mind? Jesus, thank you so much. In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, do the same. With little or with much. With health or with sickness. With trouble or with peace. Praise God. Praise God. Now that's the point I forgot in my message. So thank God for gifts of the Spirit. None of us are getting out of this alive, folks. I don't care if you drop dead this morning and we pray for you and you're resurrected back to life, you're gonna die again. We're all going to the grave or we're dying in the rapture, but we're dying. So what matters? Our relationship with God. That's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that lasts. See, I got problems in my marriage. Well, do your best to work them out, but you know what? That's not gonna be forever either. It's not gonna be marriage in heaven. I know you're disappointed about that. Some of you are saying, hallelujah. (laughs) You gotta laugh once in a while. Here's where I'll stop today. I am, I am just busting buttons about this congregation. I am so happy with them. Because here's what I'm seeing happening at Abundant Life, and I want to I pour some gasoline on this fire, okay? I am seeing people come to the altar that want to receive the Holy Ghost... That's what I'm seeing. And I'm seeing people gather around them and they're excited and they're praying prayers of faith. Why are they doing that? They are an answer to God's prayers. They are an answer to the person that's praying. They are an encouragement. They are a blessing. And I'll just, I'll, I just can't tell you how happy I am to see people over there laying their hands on people, their other hands in the air, and they're praying for all they got. Oh, God, please fill this person with the. That's what this church is supposed to be. I'm seeing people come to the altar in repentance. I mean, they, they're not living right, they're new, and they're seeking God. And I don't see them praying alone anymore. We're not waiting for the pastor to get there. We have a limited number of pastors, but we got plenty of people that can pray here, a prayer of faith, that have an anointing on their lives that God can use, that God can say, there's the answer to my prayer. I can use that one. I can use that one. And God can speak to you. And you see that person praying at the altar and God says, ah, Rick, prayer request time. 
I want you to go pray with that person. And I get to say yes or no. I get to be an answer to God's prayer request. When he points out to me that I should be at the altar praying with somebody. When he directs me to somebody that's standing all by themselves in the pews with nobody to talk to. And he says, go talk with that one. I'll fill your mouth. I'll give you a word of encouragement. I'll give you the answer to their prayers. You're the messenger that I'm going to use today. I am the answer to God's prayers. I am. Somebody needs a home Bible study. Well, I'm sure somebody in Abundant Life will teach it. No, you teach it. Because you're the answer. You're the answer to God's prayers. Somebody's sick. Let's go get the pastor. That's okay. I have no problem with that. But here's the oil, folks, right here on the left-hand side. If you are able to pray a prayer of faith and God has brought it to your attention and laid it on your heart to pray for somebody, you are the answer to God's prayer. Oh no, somebody else will do it. You know what you're doing? You're saying no to Jesus. And here's all these lying devil, I'm gonna preach this. Here's all these lying devil excuses. Well, you're not spiritual enough. Your life's not right with God. You don't know how to pray. You don't have any faith. That is a lie from the pit of hell. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, that's enough. Take whatever you got. Offer that before God and say, God, here I am. Yes, Lord. I'll do whatever you say. You just point them out. You just tell me what you want me to do. I'll go to them and I'll pray for them right now because I want to be an answer. I want to be an answer to your prayer. be an answer and that answer needs to be yes Lord speak speak your servant hears let me tell you one more thing God wants to bless this church not so that it can have more but so that it can give more I, was just, I just came back from district conference this past week. I saw so many wonderful things. The man that's going to be here and his wife on, on Wednesday night, Brother Smith. Brother Smith is from Antigua. I forget. It was a niece or a nephew. Somebody got sick. And in Antigua, they don't have good hospitals. So you know what they decided? No matter what it costs, we're going to fly her out of Antigua into New York City and get her in a hospital that can help her. Otherwise, she's going to die. They're going to take her away in a hearse. That was brought to the ministers in a minister's meeting. And Brother Putnam got up and said, Brother Smith's one of our boys. This is going to cost a lot of money to fly her from Antigua to New York and 
get her the care she needs and send her back? What are we going to do about it? He could have just said, well, we'll pray for you, brother. That's what we like to do. And we might take 10 seconds and say, yeah, remember this. Remember Diane, remember Linda, remember Marge. Uh, no, no, no. He said, no, what are, what are we prepared to do? Who'll give $100? 46 hands went in the air instantly. Just like that. Brother Smith, that'll take care of it. Here's 4600 bucks. What was that? An answer. He could have spent weeks. Oh, God, how am I going to pay for this flight? I can't afford to fly her back and forth. But that prayer was answered in seconds by 46 people. See, God's got plenty of wealth. Oh, oh, I got to back up. God can not only say yes or no, he can say wait a while. You know why? Not because he's making you sweat it out, but because he's dealing with people. That's the way he works. That's his big problem, you know, by the way. God's big problem, free will. Free choice. That's a problem. If I want to bless Karen Cassens, if I'm God and I want to bless Karen Cassens, how am I going to do that? Well, I'll just get a pick and I'll knock a chunk out of the golden street there. And Does he have a, a money-making machine? Can he counterfeit money? And No, he's got he's to go over here and say, Jeff and Linda... Jeffrey, $100. He moves it around. You say, well, I don't know about that. Is that a new doctrine? No. Give, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto you? He's got to give it through men and through women, through boys and through girls. He's got to work through their will. He's got to get them to be generous and obedient to his prayer request. And when a Jeff and a Jeff and, a, and an Aaron and a Rick and a Jay kick in and come over here, do you know what happens to this person? It's not the $500. That's great. She needs it. This is fictitious, by the way. Only an illustration. I don't know. But he's got to move on people. And then she says, it's not the $500. It's God. Moving on people. God knows my need. I'm thankful for people that God can talk to and say, give. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? So he moves it through us. 
I need a job. I need a job. God, give me a job. God's working on it. But he's going to work through employers and applications. And he's going to speak to people. Sometimes on the job, sometimes in bed at night. But he's working on it. But people are stubborn. And people can say no. And if they say no enough, then God will go somewhere else. But that takes time. So just because God doesn't say yes, and even if God doesn't say no, it doesn't mean that your prayers are wasted. It means he's working on it. And we need to obey, trust, and appreciate. Trust, listen, trust God for what you need Thank God for what you have. Let's stand together. Well, you had an easy day, Sister Kylie. I don't know where in the world I'm at in my notes. But you are the only Jesus some will ever see. You're the only words of life some will ever read. So let them see in you, Brother Marty, the one that's true, the only one they'll ever need because you're the only Jesus. You're the prayer request being answered from God. Jesus, what we've heard in the adult Sunday school class and what we've heard in this message Help us to apply it to our lives. Whether people are in prison, whether they're hungry or they're naked. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.